0: It is the big wake-up call. I'm Ryan Gatenby, and it is that time. Once again, we head on over to the World News Center, and we chat with Bill Mcci-fi himself, Bill McCormick. Bill, good morning.
1: Good morning, Ryan. How are you this wonderful day? I've got coffee, so I am ready to face today. I am I'm bright-eyed and bushy-tailed. Now, how many coffees are you in? Uh, actually, I had to cut down because I'm old and, you know, things like that, but I still can have three or four cups a day, and I'm by God, I'm having my three or four cups a day.
0: Oh, for me, the third cup is always one and a half too many.
1: Yeah. Oh no, I'm you're talking to someone who used to drink two to three pots of coffee every day. Um, when I when I worked for a consulting firm, they actually they surrendered and just had special. They had a Bill pot for coffee, it's like that. Just don't bother touching that. That's Bill's coffee. And
0: um, yeah. Hey, I don't know. Do you know the? and He's not around anymore. I think he's still alive. But the uh, the sportscaster Chet Kopic uh, I knew Chet,
1: uh Chet Chet, Chet and Chet Kopic. Yeah. Uh yeah, I knew him back in the eighties. Um I, in, I, I interned
0: for Chet and uh he would do about a if not a six
1: pack, maybe a twelve pack of Diet Coke a day. Oh yeah, no, Chet drank a ton of Diet Coke. Um and uh I, I used to uh I forget about name dropping here i used to work with a gentleman who knew chet very very well and it was one of the jokes that if you wanted if you wanted to stop chet from doing whatever it is he was doing just wave a six pack of diet coke at him and he would uh, run across the room and be your friend so bill what's going on today what do we got all right we got a couple of things uh first and foremost um i sometimes i forget that the show covers the planet um because you know the internet and all the cool stuff that goes on out there so uh for this, those of you this who is hit- truly a global show absolutely yeah, it is, absolutely. Uh, but uh, for those of you who have not gotten Moon Knight on your vision version of Disney+, and I have discovered there's like 106 of them by some random count I was able to come up with. Huh. They cover about 160 different countries, and they do different things. Basically, if you haven't got it yet, just keep watching your local listings. There's nothing I can do about it. <laughs> uh, Ryan and I are very powerful, magnificent people, but we cannot make Disney... Bend to our will. Oh um, man.
0: If we had that kind of pull at Disney. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Might actually get some good interviews there on the show. No, I'm just kidding. Anyway. Um, but, uh, I met with me on that. You, you do great interviews. Yeah. But it, it's, uh, it's, it's, yeah, I, I can't help you. Um, and I appreciate your, your, your trust in me and your faith in me, but no, there are some things that are just completely beyond me. Um, but I do know in a couple of countries, moon Knight is being released. And, uh, Like, in the Middle East, they were going to release it, then they decided not to because there seemed to be some sketchy interpretations of religion, ancient religion. Like, because we know all the people Hmm. who are still working, worshipping, you know, ISIS and all the great Egyptian gods are just, you know, cluttering up the streets over there. Well, they know it's fiction, Um, right? uh, You know, sometimes I wonder. Um, I do appreciate anyway. uh, that
0: Disney has decided for international releases to go with subtitles and not dubbing
1: because dubbing just gets ridiculous. Uh, and I agree with you on, on that. I agree with you on that. Um, and it's interesting. We're flipping back really quickly to Moon Knight in Egypt because they used an Egyptian uh, music director and Egyptian music and a bunch of stuff from Egypt. The show is massive over there. It's been primetime shown. They, they don't just have it on disney's streaming service they actually licensed it to regular tv for people who didn't have cable oh wow oh uh, i mean it's like massive it's like you can't escape it i mean it was a bit of an event over there well wow. you, and you get, just never some, know you never know what's going to take off internationally well i think in that case it was like the first time that everything like from the egyptian female superhero to the egyptian gods being portrayed as True. egyptian gods and you know everything was done with respect and Egypt and a couple other countries in the Middle East have been going through this thing of trying to deal with mental illness and they've been having a tough time with it because there's just millennia of stigma attached to it you know it's like oh Bob's got something wrong with his brain better leave Bob in the corner right. you know even though Bob could do a million and one other things other than that one thing that bothered his brain and with Moon Knight hitting this you know hitting the uh, identity disorder uh, double die, dual die identity disorder see if I can say that five after that. Uh, but by hitting that head on and making it a, a whole part of the allegory of the show, it's opened up. It's allowed people to actually talk about it. And, you know, the fact that the character is Jewish is allowed people to, in Israel to open up and say, hey, we can talk about this. Here's this guy who is Jewish and he's a famous superhero. So if he can do it and, have, and talk about it and live with this, then we can do it and talk about it and live with it. And it's opened up the conversation, which I, the one person I did get to speak with about Disney went, oh, yeah, that was planned. And then started laughing. Um,
0: I love it. I, I love it. If there, I mean, that's something we desperately need and it's, it's time to treat that like, like any other illness and you should not be, be afraid to talk about it.
1: Oh no, absolutely not. You know, I, and, um, I mean the, the stigma with mental illness, you know, goes far and wide and it's, it's a shame. And I think it's like a friend of mine who's a, uh, is a psychiatrist, you know, and uh, she, she says it all the time. She goes, it's like back pain. Nobody believes it cause they can't see it. Yes. You know? And I thought that's the perfect analogy. Just because you can't walk doesn't mean you're ill because we can't see it. You know, there's no, you're not spilling blood. You're not wearing a cast. You know, you're not missing a limb. You just can't move. Now we
0: just need the healthcare system to catch up and treat mental illness as any other illness and and not charge people ridiculous amounts for, you know, inpatient care and and for medication.
1: Yeah. I think you could have stopped that sentence. We need the healthcare sentence health ca- healthcare system to catch up. Well, period. Yeah, End of sentence. Yeah, true, exactly. Uh, with, without getting into it on air, I've been going through a nightmare, and I don't wish it on anyone. And let's move on, because I think I got it all settled out. Um, but, yeah, wow. don't, don't jinx it. Yeah, don't jinx it. Um, all right, so we're moving on from Moon Knight, and we're, we're going to stay kind of in the Middle Eastern theme for today. Uh, Ms. Marvel previewed last new version of Ms. Marvel. And there's a couple of changes for those of you, and I know we have listeners who are hardcore comic book fans. I think there's two of them, maybe five. Um, At least. But uh, yeah, Miss Marvel in the comic books has stretchy superpowers like Mr. Fantastic from the Fantastic Four ooh, or Plastic ooh, Man. Yeah. Or from, yeah, Plastic Man from DC. Right. But in in the TV show, he has energy powers. And we've, we've kind of discussed this before. I'm going to get into it right now. The reason for that is because, for one, they're getting ready to do the Fantastic Four. There's a lot of stuff going on behind the scenes that, that that's about to happen again. Uh, two, they've got the whole Prince Namor thing coming in, and he's going to be interacting with the Fantastic Four. Right. And they don't they don't want two stretchy superheroes. It, it, it just became that simple. It, it, it kind of gets confusing. The second part is she calls herself Miss Marvel. She worships Ms. Captain Marvel. She wants to do things in the universe of Captain Marvel. Having her be a stretchy superhero when Captain Marvel and all the people in Marvel Universe and uh, all the, cr- you know, the crawling or scroll, ah, scroll and the rest have energy-related powers or, you know, shape shifting powers doesn't make any sense. Why, you know, it's just like she's going to be the outlier there, and they didn't want that. They wanted her to fit in. So she can still do cool, stretchy stuff, but she just does it with energy and wristlets and gauntlets. And, um,
0: right, because the Fantastic Four were exposed to something on a space flight and then gained those powers.
1: Uh, yeah, allegedly, allegedly it was originally when they went into low orbit and, uh, oh, never mind. It, the science back then was sketchy. Yeah. <laughs> best. But they had fun. You uh, know, the, it's, the the it, radi- you know it's fiction, right? Radi- huh? Yeah, radiation You know, it's fiction, right? It doesn't doesn't matter. Yeah, it, it is fiction and it doesn't matter. And it's funny you bring it up. Uh, Thomas Tenney... Uh, he's an, a cartoonist who's worked on Iron Man and a bunch of other stuff. And he and I, because of the show and some of the stuff I've done, have ended up crossing paths and becoming friends, not just on Facebook, but like where I can pick up the phone and go, yo, Thomas, and don't call him Tom. Cause that's not his name. It's Thomas. Okay. But, uh, understand, great. it's fiction. We want to make Batman a God. We do a couple of plot points, throw him on a throne and ta-da, Batman's a God. And I'm like, they did that. He goes, they didn't do that. I helped do that. <laughs> You know, sometimes we just get bored. <laughs> it's like, well, there you go. Uh, but he he also uh, created the thing called Force Works for uh, Marvel, which looks like that might be becoming a movie. And I hope so, because Thomas is a great guy, and he's a supporter of independent artists and blah, blah, blah. And it'd be nice to have something good happen to a good person that we actually kind of at least tangentially know. So that,
0: Have you told that. him about the, uh, the show here? Because it sounds like something he might enjoy. Uh, yeah, if he liked talking to people, he
1: would love it great it took me i mean i interviewed him for a magazine it took three weeks to get him to do an email interview and he likes me yeah <laughs> but we'll see um anyway uh moving back over here to miss marvel so the reviews have been coming in and the only bad review i saw saw about it was someone and i actually had to stop and go this person has never in their life read a comic book or seen a comic book-related property. Okay. It makes it the parents look like they're trying to hold her back, and they're Muslim, so that makes Muslims look bad. Okay. And I'm like, in the X Files, all of the kids weren't there. In the X Men, all those kids were tried to they tried to keep them away from Professor X so they wouldn't become mutants. Yeah. So no one would know they were mutants. Uh, different. On and on with the different superheroes. You know, if if family members knew about it, they didn't want any didn't want it to share. Um, they didn't want people to know about their spirit. They wanted to keep that a secret. It's a dirty secret. My child is different. My, I mean, the whole the whole analogy of it being about a child going through adolescence is one of the things like, well, you don't want your child to be different. You don't want them to be outliers right, in, in society. Right. You want, Similar to you a want, Spider-Man. Right. you, He's you just want a school Bobby kid. To play ba- yeah, you want Bobby to play basketball and Janie to be a cheerleader. And anything that falls outside that those parameters, is bad and needs to be hidden and comic books have made billions of dollars playing up on that, that trope in, in America. And Ms. Marvel is no different. Um, just because her family is Muslim doesn't mean that they are like, Oh, look, our daughter's a superhero. Isn't that great? Let's go, you know, let's all go down to the deli. It'll be wonderful. No. Um, you know, they want her to fit in. They want her to be part of and She's got to kind of talk because her, her family wants her to be Muslim and to be supportive of a family. And they show, you know, the, the women going to prayers and the whole family dynamic and the imam, uh, who is her guide and her counselor. And as someone said, if you've seen Daredevil and uh, Daredevil's long discussions with the Catholic priest in Daredevil, Marvel's Ms. Marvel is daredevil light. She talks with an imam, but she doesn't confess to wanting to kill people or do stuff like that. She's just like, she's a teenage girl who thinks boys are cute. So it's a different level of confession, but she still feels comfortable going to her imam to discuss these things. And I think that's a great image to show kids. You can talk to an adult. You can talk to someone in your family, in your community. You can talk to someone right. and you will, you will be respected. And that's beautiful. And it's got one of my, gr- my great lines in there is actually a, it's a steal from the Holy Quran. And they just threw it in there. Just like it's a regular thing people would say, and I was like, I loved it because it's like, first thing is like, if you can save one life, You've saved the world. That's from the Holy Quran. And then the second one is people aren't good. People do good. It's what you do that makes you good. Uh, You know, you can't just say, I'm a good person. You have to do something. Uh, Much like, you know, for Christians, it's James. Prayer without action means nothing. You can pray all you want, but unless you do something, you're you're not accomplishing anything. And so it was interesting to see that and interesting to see how they wove that into the the warp and weft of the show. Um, Now, a few friends of mine on the tweet box have seen preliminary episodes and unlike the person who complained, uh, they were absolutely in love with it. And one lady who's, uh, she's Pakistani by birth. And uh, actually, I mean, she came here, she was born in Pakistan, raised in Pakistan, didn't come here until she was 21, 22 to go to college. And uh, she's like, she goes, I'm watching my childhood. This is, she goes, this girl's in New, in New Jersey. She goes, I was in, uh, you know, Northern Illinois, in, just outside Chicago. She goes, that's that's my life. That was my life there. She goes, minus the superpowers, but the whole trying to fit in, trying to do things with society, trying to be a part of one society while you were raised in another. Yeah. She's like, they nailed that. She goes, they got that perfect. And so I'm looking forward to it. Um, uh, it looks like it's going to be a great show. Uh, everyone I have spoken with iterates what I had said earlier that it looked like when I was guessing based on what I'd seen. Now we can actually just say this. If you have younger children, say 10 and up, go ahead and let them watch this. If you have young female children who are you know, having identity issues or like trying to fit into school or they're the outcasts or they're, they're not on the cool kids right. table. Or you suspect is, they have
0: superpowers.
1: Or you suspect that they might have superpowers. I think all kids have their own superpowers when you think about it. But um, it, Basically, go ahead and let them watch it. Let them enjoy this. Uh, much like Supergirl was the, the, the show six years ago for when young women, you know, for those young women of that age, and I know old then are now in their twenties and they still that's still a, a very influential part of their life. It, it it influences how they deal with other people, how they accept other people. Uh the diversity and the inclusion that comes with life. They handle that better because they learned it on Supergirl. Um, you know, much like you and I learned classical music from Bugs Bunny. The yeah, the web. Okay, let's stop yeah. <laughs> But um but in, in all seriousness, you know, this it was a very influential show to them. And the people I've spoken with uh, that have seen, you know, now they've seen, they got to see the first two episodes, and uh, across the board, I mean, every single person I've talked to, and I think I've talked like thirty, thirty-five at this point, more than one or two. It isn't like, it isn't like I'm basing this on, oh, I saw a tweet, and you know, my whole life has changed. Uh, I've talked to like thirty, thirty-five people about this, and they all said the same thing. This is a wonderful show. It's incredible for young women, but for an adult, you're going to like it because they they touch on adult themes there, you know. How do we deal with alternative alternate religions other than, you know, mainstream Christianity in America? How do we deal with the people who believe this? Can they fit into our world? Of course they can. Um, you know, but to see it played out, to see it be a front theme in a show is uh, pretty impressive. And to see it in a front theme in a show that's aimed at younger and more sensitive viewers, as they like to say, is really impressive. Disney went out on the limb here, two in a row with uh, Moon Knight and with this. Uh, whereas Moon Knight didn't involve itself in the Marvel universe at all, uh, Miss Marvel is all over the Marvel universe, and they're also coming out with She-Hulk. Which have you seen this? I have not. You have not. Um, so minus some CGI glitches on the first attempt at their first attempt at the trailer, which have been fixed, they re they re-released the trailer, um, because on the first trailer, uh, and kids, if you ever have a job in marketing for Disney don't be this person. Okay. Uh, they, they convinced the uh, graphic, computer graphics people to make She-Hulk smaller so she'd look more feminine. Oh, brother. You know, so she'd smile more. <laughs> She-Hulk, in the meantime, in the comics, is a lawyer who gets uh, Bruce Banner's superpowers, you know, from a blood transfusion that goes a little wrong. And um, she is seven feet tall. She can bench press a tank. She is incredibly powerful, incredibly smart. Uh, She, unlike Hulk, who loses his mind and becomes me Hulk, me smash. She is a lawyer who retains all of her knowledge. She retains all of her personality. She retains it all. She just happens to be seven feet tall in this incredible body. Well, Bill, Um, we're going
0: to have to pick this up next week because we are uh, out of time. Uh, Bye-bye, everyone. (laughs) BillMcSciFi.com, at BillMcSciFi. Check out the all-new Big Wake Up Call podcast wherever you listen to podcasts. Bill, thank you as always. We will talk next time.